feels perfect Other days it just ain't working The good, the bad, the right, the wrong And everything in between So it's crazy, amazing We can turn our heart through the words we say Mountains crumble with every syllable Hope can live or die So speak life Show. Rodney and I want to thank you all for tuning in with us. Gosh, let me open up the chat line before I mention that. Rodney, I did not do that. You're probably already on. Um, how are you, Rodney? How are you this Sunday morning? I am great this Sunday morning. It's uh, been a nice weekend so far. Yesterday was pretty busy for us, but it has been a great weekend, and so I'm excited uh, about uh, this morning's show. And uh Hello. Let's see where it takes us. All right, all right. Well, I just I just opened up the chat line for those of you who are listening. Remember, you have to be a registered follower of the show to chat with us uh, in the chat room. And for those of you, if you have something you don't want to register, you can always call in, 818-691-7406. Again, 818-691-7406. Select the number one. We'll pull you in by giving you or providing the area code that you're calling from and the last four digits um, of the number that you're calling from. You can also connect with us on Facebook uh, with any questions or comments for the show, and we will post them live or or give them out live for you as well. So, Rodney, before we start, I want to tell you and Tamaria. Matter of fact, I texted Tamaria last night. I went to see the 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 shack last night. It is... The best, the best movie ever. It is. I could have sat and watched it over and over and over again. I have the book here, and but I read, I I didn't read like all of it. But if I had, I don't think I would have expected uh, what I saw last night. There's so many messages, spiritual messages in this movie. It is a wonderful, wonderful movie. You have to kind of stay with it. So I'm, I want to recommend that movie to everybody who is has any questions about God and, and, and you know, spirituality. Just It's a great movie. So, mm. all right, 
we'll get started here. Um, I'll read the episode info, and I'll turn it over to you, Rodney. So, fighting temptation, remember who has the power. We are all tested and tried in different areas of our lives, and it always seems to come at the worst possible time. If you say you're going to fast, your stomach growls uncontrollably. If you say you're not having sex until you get married, here comes a person of the opposite sex you just can't resist. If you plan to save money, you see a a pair of shoes you want to buy or your favorite music artist has just announced a concert. Usually when, when we yield to the temptation, we find that it either wasn't what we expected or we learned that it wasn't worth it. Our blessing is usually after the test from God. Are you willing to withstand the temptations of the world do you yield to the flesh? Do you yield to your flesh? So that is um, the topic and the info for this Sunday. Rodney, I'm, I'm excited to hear what you have on this one. Well, well, thank you. Um, I, think, I think this is something that, that, that isn't talked about enough. Um, I think that... Uh, we don't realize when we are being tested and how often we are tested. And I think it's because of ignorance. I remember, Tammy, um, I don't know if you uh, have experienced this, but I remember um, growing up uh, in the church um, and hearing people say all the time, I rebuke you, Satan, back to the pits of hell uh, from which you come from. Um, and we're going to uh, read a scripture here shortly that, that explains why that comment is ignorant. But I think that we have to recognize um, who we're dealing with, and we also have to understand when challenges come or when temptation comes, we already have a way out. It's just a matter of are we strong enough to withstand the temptation or do we even want to? So for those of you listening to the show, if you would turn to Revelations 12 and 9, it says, And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So again, when when the when the devil was cast out of heaven, when he was kicked out of heaven, he was not sent to hell. The scripture says he was cast out into the earth, which means. He's living right here on earth, for his spirit dwelleth on earth. It is not in hell. He can't control anything from hell. He can't do anything from hell. He has no impact on earth if he's in hell. So understand that when the devil was kicked out of heaven, the devil and his angels and his angels and his followers 
They were all sent to earth. So when you are going about your business, even when you're asleep, know that the, the, that the devil's spirit is right here on earth. So the reason why so many things are happening that are not Christ-like, well, the enemy is here. So understand, you're going to always be tempted. And even when you do good, the, the Bible says evil is right there. Evil is right here on earth. So what we're going to do today is look at a, a, a two different scenarios where people were tempted. And we're going to see their reactions and see what happened as a result of their reactions. So go with me to Genesis, the third chapter. And we're going to start at the first verse. Very popular story, very familiar story. But let's take a look at this. It says, now the serpent. Remember, we just read about that old serpent in Revelation 12, 9. And Genesis 3 says, now the serpent was more subtle, meaning cunning, than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, yea, have God said ye should not eat of every tree of the garden? How would he know to ask that question if he didn't know that's what God said? If he did not know that God had said that, he would have never asked. Think about the times in your life when people ask you questions that they already know the answer to. And usually, there's something slick behind it. Verse 2, and the woman said unto the serpent, so now she's having a conversation with the enemy. She's entertaining him. The woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the, of the garden, God hath said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Now, if you were to go back to verse, uh, to, to chapters 1 and 2, God never gave Eve the command. He gave it to Adam. However, Eve knew exactly what God said. She knew. She knew the instructions that they were given from God. So here's the thing to all of us. There is no excuse because we know what's right. We know what's wrong. We know what God said. And we are expected to follow it. When we do, there are rewards. When we don't, there are consequences, just like in life. But she knew exactly what God said. She repeated it to the enemy. Verse 4. So now we have the serpent who asked her a question that he already knew the answer to. 
she told the serpent specifically what God had said. Verse 4, And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. The most effective lies or the most effective liars are the ones who know the truth. People know the truth. That's when they twist it around. Otherwise, their their lie is just ignorance. Like when people talk about things that they really don't know about, whether they're gossiping or they catch the end of a conversation, that's just ignorance. But when people know the truth and they are cunning as this serpent, Oh, it's so easy for them to twist it. Because here's the thing. In verse 4, when the serpent told the woman, ye shall not surely die, he wasn't lying. He wasn't lying. But the thing is, she didn't know what he was talking about because he never told her. He just said, you shall not surely die. She took that and said, hmm. And the serpent goes on. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Again, he's not lying. So he's deceiving her by giving her some things that are true. Ye should not surely die. No, you are not going to die. But what he failed to tell her was, you're not going to die naturally, but spiritually you're going to die. He didn't tell her that part. She wasn't going to drop dead in the middle of the garden if she ate this fruit. But see, he knew what was going to happen. And then he continued. And remember, we all learned about how Satan tried to overthrow God. Well, look at what he's doing now. If you if you do this, your eyes are going to be open, and you and you shall be as God. So he's telling her, listen. If you listen to me, if you listen to me, you can be on the same level as God. Knowing good and evil. Isn't that what happens today? When people want you to do something, oh, they'll sell you a drink on a platter. Well, see, if you do this, man, you'll end up here. You'll end up on the top of the world. And people buy into it. Not understanding everything else that's coming along with it. People sell their souls just to be on top. And just like any other thing, 
It sounded good to her. It sounded good. Verse 6, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, so now that he's gotten in her ear, now this tree looks totally different to her. Where Before he came, she wanted no part of that tree, wasn't thinking about it. All she knew was what God had said, and that was to stay away from it. But now, after listening to the serpent, all of a sudden the tree looks totally different. And that it was pleasant to the eyes. At first, it was forbidden to her eyes because she even said, God said, don't do that. I'm not doing it. Now the tree looks different. But that's what the enemy does. Things that you were not paying attention to at first. When when, when somebody said something, all of a sudden you look at it in a different light. And a tree to be desired to make one wise she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did it. Now, listen to that last part again. And gave also unto her husband with her. Who did, the hus- who did God give the command to? The husband. Who was doing all the talking? The wife. The whole time standing there while she's being deceived. Because it says her husband with her. He was there the whole time. Not once did he step in. Not once did he try to protect her from this servant. Not once did he say, Come on, baby, let's go. God said, don't eat this. Let's go. Let's get out of here. Never said a word. All he did was, when she handed it to him, he ate it. Verse 7, and the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. Now, that 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 that's pretty deep that you can be naked and not even know that you're naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. So remember it said that they that a tree to be desired to make one wise. So they were wise enough now, all of a sudden, where they didn't know that they were naked at first, didn't care that they were naked. It didn't dawn on them that they were naked. They didn't even know what naked meant. What was naked, what was normal, that was normal to them. But then all of a sudden they go against what God said, and now they realize, oh, man, I'm naked. I'm not supposed to be naked in public. They gained all of this wisdom because they knew enough to make clothes for themselves. Just like that. They went from not caring about having on any garments. So now they know they need clothes. I like what the date Bible says for verse 7. 
it says they lost God conscience and gained self conscious. Think about that. Verse 8 And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, which means it's usually cool in the morning or night. Adam and his wife hid themselves. Again, that's that wisdom. Now that they're naked. Oh, got to have myself. Oh, not only that, I disobey God from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And think back to what we said in the introduction. Is it really worth it? Is it really worth it? Oftentimes we find that it either wasn't what we expected or we learned that it wasn't even worth it. So they hear. Because now they're smart enough to know that, oh, man, we disobey God. <clears throat> and the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, who told thee that thou was naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, the woman who thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. So now this coward is going to pass the blame onto his wife. She didn't make him eat that. She offered it to him, and he took it because he couldn't withstand the temptation either. And then let me back up for a second. Do you all realize God could have come out at any time? He could have he could have come while while the serpent was deceiving him, and he could have stopped it. He could have intervened then, but he gave Adam and Eve a chance to do it themselves. Because see, here's the thing: God God can intervene at any time. God can stop anything. But where's the love if God has to make you do it? I hear people say all the time, well, I, I, I do what's right because I don't, I don't want to go to hell. Is that really love? What about doing what's right just because it is the right thing to do? God went to the woman. He didn't, he didn't notice he didn't say anything to, to the man. Okay, no problem. And the Lord God said unto the woman, what is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, the serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And notice, the Lord doesn't even ask the serpent anything because he knows that he's the last one involved. So he just started issuing out punishment. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and thus shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. 
and I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desires shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam, he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou, thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns and also, thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face thou shalt eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it was thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return. And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. And the story goes on, and they were eventually kicked out of the Garden of Eden. So here we have a case of two people who were tempted, and they didn't pass. And then there was judgment brought on them because they didn't pass the test. Let's go to Matthew, the fourth chapter, beginning with the first verse. And it says, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Now think about this comparison, how Adam and Eve were in the garden, trees and all that good stuff. And here Jesus is in the wilderness. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward, he was afterward and hungry. So Jesus had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, had nothing to eat. Here he was hungry. And when the tempter came, and keep in mind it says he was led by the Spirit. He was led by the Spirit. So will God lead you into that place? Absolutely. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. So, first test. I know you're hungry. You haven't eaten in 40 days. You have got to be hungry. Jesus answered to him, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So Jesus had an answer for him. Verse 5, then the devil taketh him up into the holy city. The devil took him. God is allowing all this to happen. And the devil took him to the holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple. And said unto him, if thou be the son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash, dash thy foot against the stone. Notice the devil said, it is written. Written where? In the Bible. That's an actual scripture, what the devil quoted to him. So think back to what I said about 
people effectively lying to you. They have to know the truth. So here's the devil. Here's the devil quoting scriptures. And how often do people quote scriptures to us? And we, yeah, God did say that. Let me just go ahead and do that. Yes, the devil knows the Bible too. Remember, the devil was with God. So the devil knows God personally, and he also knows God's word. But now what he does is he takes it and he deceives people or tries to. But look at Jesus' response. Jesus said unto him, it is written again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. So, yes, going back to what the devil said, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee and that you won't dash your foot against the stone. Yeah. If you find yourself in a situation, yeah, he'll send his angels so that you don't hurt yourself. But he didn't say put him in that position because the scripture says don't tempt him. And then in verse 8, it says, again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And said unto him, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. So the devil is offering him everything. Everything. Every kingdom. And all the fame that comes with it. This time, before Jesus gave him anything, he said, get thee hence, Satan. And then he goes on to quote the Bible again. And Jesus said, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Every answer, I mean, for every challenge, every temptation the devil put before him, he had an answer. And his answers were always scripture-based. It was always God's word. He never yielded to the temptation. Here's the difference between him and Adam and Eve, because when his season was over to be tempted, verse 11 says, Then the devil leaveth him. And behold, angels came and ministered unto him. There's the difference. So, again, when you yield to the temptation, there's punishment coming. And in the case of Adam and Eve and the serpent, it not only impacted them, but every person that came after them. <clears throat> every man that came after Adam felt that punishment. Same thing with Eve, same thing with the serpent. But with Jesus, 
because he handled the temptation, the devil left him alone. And here can here here come the angels. And then Jesus went on and preached and did what he was supposed to do. We're going to close with First Corinthians, the tenth chapter, the the thirteenth verse. And it says, There have no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. For God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. So there's no temptation that you're going to experience unless it's something that is normal. There's not going to be this this temptation out of out of nowhere. It's going to be something that that is normal, something that men go through, something that women go through. It's going to be common to man. But it says, remember that God is faithful, and God will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. So when Adam and Eve were tempted, they were actually capable of withstanding that temptation. God would have never allowed them to be tempted in that way if they could not handle it. As it says, you should be tempted above that ye are able. So if you're not able to withstand it, God is not going to allow you to face it. So if you're facing it, then that means you are able to overcome it. The question is, are you? And then it says, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape. So when God sends you to be tried or when he tests you or when he allows it, says the temptation is not coming your way unless there's an escape. that ye may be able to bear it. So if God puts you in a situation, there's a way for you to get out of it. Are you looking for that exit from the temptation? Are you trying to pass the test? Are you allowing people To deceive you Are you forgetting What is in your Bible If you read it Are you forgetting (laughs) what's in there Just because Someone says something that sounds good Remember it's not about A feeling When I've gone to church People about feelings That's why they can stand there and if it doesn't look like people are feeling anything, they get upset. Oh, it's dead in here. How do you know it's dead in here? Based on the fact that people are not clapping. 
or yelling at the top of their lungs? Because if you're looking at me and expecting all that, it 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 just doesn't happen. That doesn't mean I'm dead on the inside. But people get caught up in feelings and emotions. And that's how we can go to church and Scream at the top of our lungs, run around the church, clap our hands, stomp our feet, dance, and all of that. And as soon as church is over, we feel empty again. Hey, Rodney, I I want to jump in before you close it. Um, I I had when you say we feel empty again. You know, I. Because we go empty in most cases. Like we consistently, I think there are days that you may get up and you're feeling some kind of way, in your feelings, like you said, but when we consistently go to church empty, like it does, it's not even good for you to allow your car to always get on empty because of the trash that can build up in it. But when we when we are consistently going to church empty, we're gonna we're gonna be in our feelings because we're not being led by the spirit, and I wanted to to bring attention if, if someone's looking for someone to read some, some chapters to read today in addition to what you've already provided. Look at Ephesians six, read it all. But if you don't have that time, start where about chapter about verse ten, and I'm gonna read it as well. But read it for yourself. Um, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers. And get this, against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. And it goes on. There's there's a lot there. But the whole armor of God, being strong in the Lord, how do we do that? And I think first thing, you just got to make a choice who you will serve. Who are you going to serve and do that? How do you do that? If you're serving somebody, you're engaged, you're in a relationship, you you would, if, hopefully if you're dating somebody or married to somebody, you will read every book they write, I hope. You're, you're involved. You're reading that word so that you are, you're putting on the armor of God, that you have the strength, that you have the power. And like Rodney said, when Jesus was, was tempted, tested, he put the word back on Satan. And the word says, resist him and he will flee. But we're entertaining things, like Rodney said earlier about people ask you questions that they already know the answer to. Why do we entertain foolishness? Why don't you say just take the answer you already got. Don't you already know? Why Why aren't we bold enough in our walk, in our talk, in our seeking and our serving to say that? And I just think it's time for true believers, true doers to speak up in boldness. 
even if you somebody asks you a silly, stupid question like that in church, and that's mostly where it happens too. It happens there a lot. People ask, well, did pastor, are you going to do this for pastor? I already know because they feel in some kind of way because you were chosen. Tell them to go ask the pastor. Be bold in your walk. But most times when you are able to be bold in your walk, you know your truth. You know you are about the truth and you're not shady. So we got to step it up as believers. We got to step it up. And when step, stepping it up also means step up what you claim to be and who you claim to be. Step it up so that you are for sure that you have um, the armor of that God, the, the armor of God. So I just wanted to jump in and say that, that Rodney, that we show up so, there's a lot of empty people, empty spirits showing up, wanting to be fed every Sunday. And true, we should be fed, but should you always be hungry? Like hungry, especially when you haven't given out anything during the week. You haven't you haven't poured into lives of people because you you probably have anything to pour out too because you're worshiping the creature rather than the creator. So, great topic, Rodney. Great topic. Back over to you. I'm so glad that that we um, have started to do this. Um, if nothing else, uh, I know that it does something for me to um, to get into these uh, scriptures um, and to share them because it. Um, if nothing else, I mean, I there, there are a lot of things that I take away from it and uh, and think about how I can apply, apply it to my own life. So. Uh, to those of you out there listening, thank you so much for tuning in with us. Um, in case you did not know, our regularly scheduled broadcast is every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, and, again, it's uh, the same number, 818-691-7406. Or if you um, just follow the link, <laughs> um we encourage you to become a follower of the Butterfly Evolution Show, just so you know uh, what we're up to when we're on the air um, and what our discussion topics are going to be. Um, we started uh, these special Sunday broadcasts uh, last month, and we do them the first Sunday of every month, just something inspirational, something to put out there um, just to get you guys uh, going. Um give you something to think about. Um, but our regularly scheduled broadcast is every Monday at 9 p.m., uh, where we talk about a, a, a wide range of topics. Um, they uh, could be about education, could be about uh, relationships, could be about uh, religion, could be about love, could be about power, um, could be about uh, current events going on in our society. We talk about a lot of different things. So, we encourage you to join us every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 uh, p.m. Central, um, and do become a registered follower of the show. Uh, we uh, we love to have uh, as many people um, engaged in the conversation as possible. We don't like to be the only pe- uh, people talking. Uh, so definitely um, join, and like they always say, bring a friend, bring a friend. 
But anyway, we're going to get out of here. We hope you guys enjoy your Sunday. Um, I know I will, especially if the Knicks beat the Warriors this afternoon. But anyway, uh, <laughs> we're going to get out of here. Uh, thank you guys again for tuning in to the show.